0: on today's Nation podcast we are joined by the host of two for one drafts from pff austin gale he comes on to break down the patriots 2021 draft schedule and his expectations for the team moving forward this year it's a heck of a show so buckle up and cue the music receivers, two to the
1: right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Intercepted. Intercepted. The of the ball.
0: We are back live, Uh, obviously boy Pat and Spags here, but we are joined by a friend of the show, uh, one of our favorite podcast hosts, Uh, that is Austin Gale, co-host or host of the 2 for 1 Drafts podcast over at PFF. Austin, thank you for coming back, man, we appreciate it. I know you guys uh, had a wild week a few weeks ago uh, where you were live for like, I don't even know, like 30 hours or something stupid like that over draft weekend, you guys crushed it over there.
1: Yeah, thanks, man, for having me. We were live on camera for 22 hours in four days. It was absolutely insane. My brain was absolutely toast at the end of it, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, that's that's. I can't believe that. I know they did the couple of public guys did a you know we did a first round show. I popped in here and there, but you guys were on for like four hours Thursday. I couldn't imagine that, let alone the entire weekend. I mean, I was I was gassed after it too, but I can't even imagine that, man. Yeah, get a nice little vacation, little getaway after though.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Made the trip out to Vegas after, which is great.
0: That's there nice. We will. We, we got some. We got a good dad story from you last time on the show. Uh, actually prompted a follow up on your show, which is pretty cool. Um, but we won't ask you for any of the Vegas stories. Uh, you know, we, we won't. We won't make you tell. Me want so, but let's let's dive right into the draft, man. Let's dive right into the draft. Obviously, Patriots at fifteen. Um, didn't trade up unfortunately for Justin Fields, like like all of Patriot Nation wanted, or most of Patriot Nation wanted. Shout out to Murph if you're out there listening. I know he didn't want that to happen. But um, they stay at 15. They draft Mac Jones. You know, a few things. First of all, do you like the pick? Second of all, you know, people are sitting there saying, well, if they liked Mac Jones, they would have traded up for him, which I think is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard because you drafted him at 15 instead. But, you know, do you think there's any truth to that? Like, do they, is it a guy that kind of, fell to them and they weren't super interested or like, do you think that he was their guy all along?
1: No, I think you saw reports that they were really interested in Elijah Vera Tucker as well. I think knowing the Patriots are a team that sticks to their board through and through. It's not like, Oh, we have this guy behind this guy, but we didn't think he was going to be here. It's always, we stick to our board. Like if Elijah Vera Tucker there was there at 15, I think they still take Elijah Vera Tucker, even though Mac Jones, obviously higher positional value and those things. I do think the Mac Jones pick isn't as sexy as potentially trading up for Justin Fields. But what it really does, and I spoke to this a ton, is it raises the floor of this football team. You know, when Cam Newton got hurt, Jared Stidham comes in and, it, you know, everything comes off the rails. And this is still a team that, what, 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight last season. Like, that's – raising the floor of this football team makes them a playoff team. It's one of the most improved teams – no, the most improved team of any team this offseason with how they did in pre-and-C and now what they've added in the draft. Adding Mac Jones as a backup quarterback, very capable of coming in, a very smart quarterback. Everyone raved – about what this guy could do on the whiteboard. You bring him in to be a backup behind Cam Newton, and if there's any coach in the NFL, specifically, you know, uh, Coach OC tandem with Josh McDaniels there that could do multiple offenses, have one structure for Cam Newton and one structure for Mac Jones, it's this tandem here in New England. It's a perfect landing spot for his development, and I'm not making the comparisons to Tom Brady. Everyone's like, oh, it's a pocket passer. It's exactly what Belichick works with. That's not true. Mac Jones in no way, shape, or form is Tom Brady. Does Is he an anticipatory thrower? Yes. Is he accurate the football? Sure, but Arm talent for Tom Brady is still better than what Mac Jones brings to the table. What Mac Jones brings to the table is a very good quarterback, a very capable quarterback on a cost-controlled rookie contract, which allows the New England Patriots to do what? Spend $135 million guaranteed in money this past offseason, second most of any team in the NFL, in NFL history. That is what Bill Bill Belichick's after. He's after this cheat code at the quarterback position, having a very cheap quarterback on this cost-controlled contract for four years and Cam Newton making backup money unless he wins the Super Bowl with all those incentives, is how you is how you structure a fantastic roster. What they have, like Hunter Henry and John Smith, are legit tight end options. I think they're going to run close to 45 percent twelve personnel this year. Defensively, adding Matthew Judon was a huge win for them. Maintaining J.C. Jackson, maintaining Stefan Gilmore, like this roster is legit good. Is the receiving core suspect? Yes, I, I do think the additions, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar are they're making them better than they are. I think Nelson Aguilar had a very good year with Las Vegas this past season, but I do think he's been inconsistent his entire career. I think my least favorite signing of the group was um, the quarterback. Now I'm losing track. The guy they're going to play at safety, kind of playing that Patrick Chung. Uh, Jalen Mills. Yeah, Jalen Mills is probably the guy that you could probably say is drastically overpaid. Everyone else there, they paid near market rate. And for those who are saying he fell to 15, they must not have liked him that much. I mean, his market value, according to the betting markets, was 18 and a half for most of that before the San Francisco 49ers pumped him up to laugh and the entire media. The, Jed York literally having a field day on Twitter the day of the draft. You don't think he was enjoying that? Like, exact. this is exactly what the San Francisco 49ers wanted. So I do think that Mac Jones, a very good selection. They're in a bad spot, obviously, with not being, not having the same level of roster, not being able to trade up for fields or whatever it may be. But I think Mac Jones at 15, if you're not going to trade up for better quarterback prospect, I think it was a win.
0: Could you imagine? Spags, I'm going to let you ask you a question because I know you got one. But could you imagine... If the Patriots, with Mac Jones on the board at fifteen, had taken Elijah Vera Tucker, I mean, I couldn't it, believe, it. I it be believe it. I mean, we would have burned down Twitter. Like we would have. I, I. I just. I can't. I almost wish it happened just to see the response. Like <laughs> it would have been absolutely insane. I mean, it would have been
1: quintessential Belichick, though. Like yeah. Belichick has done that his entire way. Like I take my guy every single time. Like that's how I need. It. Like that's how I construct my board. We stick to our board through and through and, and don't quit there. Like if Elijah Vera Tucker is ahead of him on that Jones, he's going to take Barrett Tucker every time.
0: Right. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, all right. So I, I don't know what bags went. He, he just, he just disappeared. Uh, <laughs> he was like, screw you. I, I didn't get my, oh, there he is. He's back.
2: Lost Wi-Fi for a second. But I do want to bring up because last time we had you on, I'm coming in hot, but the last time we had you on was right before kind of the pre-draft process got going. I think it was before the senior bowl or maybe just after um and we had talked about Mac Jones being a realistic option for the Patriots and i think like his draft stock it kind of people grown on to him a little bit more as the week's gone on as you know the pro days and and the senior bowl like we talked about and then obviously it seemed like once you know the whole media got a hold of him potentially going number 3 his stock got even higher people were much higher on him because he's you know very pro ready and everything but i wanted to talk about that with you because the last time we had you on We talked about him, you know, the the Kirk Cousins ceiling or the, you know, the Matt Ryan. And, you know, the only thing we kind of debated on in a sense was, hey, like if if Bill Belichick gets a young Matt Ryan type in his his system with this structure, this type of organization, this young in his career, I think he can win with that. Um, And I know you touched upon it, you know, the pocket passer, you know, he does a lot of the things that, you know, quote unquote, everyone likes to compare him to Tom Brady, but. Um, you know, that, that's what made the pick make more sense as time went on for me, right? Like everyone fell in love with Justin Fields and potentially Trey Lance, if he were to fall, try to get up into that nine, 10 range. But I think they played the board perfectly. They didn't have to give up future assets. Um, you know, obviously if they wanted to go up to 11, I don't think they would have had to give up as much as Chicago simply because they weren't moving up nine spots. But at the same time, I think they played the board well. And I just overall your thoughts on Jones's, you know, I guess development and, and, the, the hype around him as the pre-draft process went on. Did people kind of dive into him a little bit more and say, okay, this guy's, you know, of the five, one of the more pro ready quarterbacks. Does he have the ceiling and the athleticism and the potential as a Lance Fields? No, but I think you can win with that, especially here.
1: Yeah, I think I want to touch on the Justin Fields thing. I think there's definitely a chance that Justin Fields was not as high on, um, you know, Bill Belichick's board. You know, there's a very good chance, like the very good chance that he had Mac Jones even ahead of Justin Fields, so he was never going to be in a position to trade up. But you know, the the hate or you know the the dissatisfaction with Justin Fields as a prospect was legitimate. Like there were teams that did not like Justin Fields, did not like what he did in the interview, in the interview, interview room, and those things. So there is a very good chance that he was never going to be in a position to trade up for Justin Fields. So very much liked Mac Jones coming down to him at 15. As for what we hinted at being a Kirk Cousins in the NFL, the benefit there, again, comes back to how cheap he can be and how quickly we think he can hit the ground running. Mac Jones is a very good quarterback prospect. He's a top 15 overall player on PFF's draft board for a reason. It's just you can't win with a good quarterback prospect in the NFL unless he's really cheap. So Mac Jones needs to come in very cheap and allow the New England Patriots to continue to build this roster through free and see him through the draft. And he can hit the ground running in year two, year three, and in that window, that Super Bowl window that exists, with Bill Belichick still as the head yeah. coach, with the roster still intact, and some of these older veteran players, that's how you win with you know, Mac Jones under center. Because you can't just you know, spend you know, the next three, three to five years you have with Bill Belichick trying to find the next Tom Brady. You need to get a guy you can win with now. And I think Mac Jones is someone they can feel confident they can win with now, as long as he's cheap. The problem starts when you're paying Mac Jones $25, 30000000 million a year. And trying to build – that's what Minnesota's trying to do, and they're really struggling. That's what the Raiders are trying to do with Derek Carr. That's what the Falcons have been trying to do with, with Matt him. Ryan. Like when you don't have this elite top eight, top six quarterback, you force yourself in this crazy, terrible situation We have a $30 million player on your books, and you're trying to build around him with you know lesser pieces because you don't have the money to do it. So if they do take advantage of this window, which I expect them to do. As they did this past offseason, it's been over you know, $135 billion guaranteed. They have a chance. Are they as competitive as the Bucks, the Chiefs, even the Bills, some of these other teams? Maybe not, but I do think they have a chance. Maybe not this year with Matt Jones obviously coming off the bench, things like what? Plus 1,000, the offensive rookie of the year, yeah. plus 350 to start week one. Like I don't think he plays a ton this season unless Cam Newton gets hurt. I do think Matt Jones, year two, year three, that's the window. Year two, year three, you need these players to hit, you need these draft picks to hit, and you need to pursue a Super Bowl with Matt Jones.
0: Well, you're totally right, and that's that was my argument. You know, people, I went back and forth with people who thought the Jets were stupid for trading Donald, and I'm like, no, you, you you have to because you have to restart that clock. Like, you know, I mean, say whatever you want about Sam Donald. I thought, you know, he's a guy that could be a bridge quarterback for someone. Like, might turn into a player, but if you're the Jets, you can't wait that long. That's stupid. You're gonna sit there and pay that. You have to pay this guy next year. Yeah. Right and and looks like the Panthers are going to pay him next year and it's like if you're Carolina, if you're a fan of the Panthers, are you happy that they passed on on him? I to... mean, the Carolina
1: Panthers had one of the most disastrous decision making over. Two the years past- in a row. It, yeah, it, I mean, there's a reason their GM got fired. Like this was a disaster making the decision to pay t- Teddy Bridgewater thirty three million dollars guaranteed to come in and try and make this roster in seven and nine, eight and eighteen, put themselves in a position to be in quarterback purgatory, only drafting at eight overall. And then having the saving grace in that there was going to be a quarterback prospect to fall to you at number eight overall and still trade a second round pick for Sam Darnold, put him on the books. for They're paying him $18.5 million next year. That's That's finalized. Pick up that fifth year option. Paying Sam Darnold eight and a half million million is trying to build up this roster is going to be insane. Meanwhile, the Jets are completely hitting reset. They've made a ton of really sage moves in free agency. New coaching staff and new culture that people are obviously getting behind with Robert a lot. Like, the Jets were very smart to get on from Sam Darnold. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers, if Sam Darnold even hits, is going to be very expensive. Like, if he hits and he has this insane imp- improvement like Ryan Tannehill in his first year away from Adam Gase, then you're going to be paying him like a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. Do you want to be the team that's paying Sam Darnold, like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL after one really good season? Not me. I do not. And especially with that roster too. Like I do think that they've made some really positive moves defensively. I love their draft defensively, offensively. Obviously there's some pieces there with DJ Moore, um, uh, Robbie Anderson, and Chris McCaffrey, but still I do not like the decision-making there. I even would have taken Justin Fields at eight after trading a second round pick for Sam Darnold because they need to hit on the quarterback position. And they don't even have – a high probability of doing that with Sam Darrell. Now just the only guy on the contract.
2: Yeah. And you touched upon, you know, these draft picks hitting for the Patriots. And I wanted to get on kind of your overall thoughts, uh, especially the Barmore pick, uh, because I think for PFF, was was a top 20, 25 player uh, for you guys, obviously the Patriots move up. We kind of knew heading in, they didn't really have the roster space to make it that many picks. So, we're going to use those three fourth rounders kind of all picking in that, you know, 19 spots range was at 121 122, 139? You knew going into day two, they were going to use that to either move up or move back, kind of gain some capital. Uh, but I think that was a guy that was circled on their board that they really wanted, fell out of the first round for whatever reason. Uh, that D tackle class wasn't as, as, you know, deep as it was in years past. So I figured, you know, like anybody, he, he may, you know, go first round kind of, I, I, thought Cleveland would be all over that pick and then they end up getting a corner. Um but yeah, overall your thoughts on their draft uh, and especially Barmore and the pick I like the most uh was McGrone. Uh, and a lot of people will, you know, roll their eyes at it. That's more of a 2022 pick, obviously coming off the knee injury, but that's a guy who goes back to school at Michigan, has a really good year. You could be talking about him in the in the top, you know, 90-100 next year. Uh, they get him in the 5th round, get him in their building, get, you know, treatment on him. He could be a really nice player for them in in, in a few years.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, specifically with the Christian ballmore pick, we had a very, very high grade on him. Top 15 player on PFF's draft board. Easily, by far, the best interior defensive lineman in this draft And what was obviously a very weak class this season. I think the, he can be a three-down impact player. He can be this guy that people have to account for, people have to game plan for. The problem was, and I think the problem why, the biggest reason why maybe he slipped down boards is just inconsistency. Like, he has this yeah. talent, and you see it in flashes, but it doesn't show up all the time. And some people bring up coachability and motor and see some of these different things that I obviously can't speak to, but others have spoke to, like people that have coached with him and those things. But, man, when it's on, it's some of the best football you'll see from any defensive tackle in the country. You saw that down the stretch in the playoffs. When he's motivated, when he's turned on, I'm telling you, he is the best interior defensive lineman in this class, and it's not really close. So I do think that – Tell me one team, tell me one coaching staff that can get the best out of Christian Barmore. It is the New England Patriots. It's a fantastic fit for a guy that maybe has struggled with coachability or to always be motivated, always to turn it on. I think he'll do exactly that, literally exactly, exactly that once um, he goes into New England. And as for the other picks, I really like the Ronnie Perkins pick. He was a top 50 player on PFF board. That's another guy, same kind of issues, inconsistency. But when it's on – it's incredible. He's one of the only guys that could true long arm, Tevin Jenkins, out of Oklahoma State. Like yeah. that was an insane piece of, you know, pass rushing moves. Like, he's a guy that had this inconsistency, had these flashes. And I've had this conversation a handful of times with other media and some former scouts, Bucky Brooks of NFL.com. He says when you're scouting, you tell him, grade the flashes. You grade the flashes and you tell them what he can do. I don't care what he can't do. That's my job. It's the coach's job to get rid of what he can't do and hide what he can't do and overcome what he can't do. What he can do, I'm going to get that out of him every single snap. And Bill Belichick, though he has struggled in terms of hitting on some of these guys, is really good at getting the best out of his players and playing to their strengths. So I do think Garmore and Perkins are really good picks. And as for McGroan, I just don't think, He's still kind of raw in a lot of ways. I like his sideline to sideline speed. He has good range. He has good tackling ability, but still only 133rd on draft board. It's not a steal but a value at one seventy seven. I think it's a good pick. But when you get into those rounds, when you get into round five, six and seven, to looking for guys that can stick it out on special teams and potentially develop into contributors. I think that's exactly what Brown
0: is. I would just I would just like to say I would just like to say that my guy my guy going into the draft is the guy that you guys picked as the dark horse for defensive rookie of the year, betting odds, at least Nick Bolton from Missouri, who obviously is playing for the chiefs. Now, obviously different role there. Now he's going to jump into a starting role immediately. Obviously a very different player than magrone is as far as speed and athleticism and things like that. But. Anyways, that was like that was like my whoopee going into the draft that I just so I was big like,
1: fan I'm a big fan of Mick Bolton too. And I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I think a big reason why Kansas City is going after Mc uh, Bolton is because he's probably one of the smarter linebackers in this class, one of the more instinctive linebackers. And while he doesn't have some of the sideline to sideline speed that Willie Gay does, obviously the other chief's linebacker there, the second year player out of Mississippi State, he's right. gonna be able to get people in position and what is a very complex Steve Spagnuolo defense. That guy throws everything at you. You should go and look at some Coaching clinics with Steve Spagnolo. That guy has some of the more diverse, it's not as complex as it maybe is diverse, diverse coverages that he does use. So you're going to need a guy that can get on the football field and tell people where to be. Maybe that's not Willie Gay. Maybe that's not these guys that they've had in the past, but I think Nick Bolton will start
0: because of that. Mm, interesting.
2: And diving into I, th- I think you you guys talked about it. You had the Patriots over nine and a half, the Dolphins over nine and a half, and the Bills under ten and a half. Pat, I'm still in your thunder. Yep. I-, I wanted okay. to touch on that too. All right, do it. Um, but just like your overall ceiling for this Patriots team, right? Cause obviously the kind of the plan is cam's going to play. I think he's going to, he'll be the week one starter. I don't think anybody, I, I mean, unless Mac Jones is, you know, as pro ready as people say and more and ready and can show, he can, you know, demand the locker room, demand, you know, respect and leadership from his teammates, you know, command the, the line of scrimmage, all that, learn the playbook. Uh, Cam Newton's going to play and he's probably going to play for most of the year. Um, so overall, like you said, Seven game they won seven games last year. They're a fumble from Buffalo from Cam Newton away from winning eight. Um certainly could have had another couple games go their way to be 9 10 win team. And then you obviously you add in the improvements with the tight ends, the wide receivers, you know, uh Matthew Judon, the, the impact rookies that you expect to get. Uh kind of what is their ceiling this year? Like I said, you had them over nine and a half wins. Are they a playoff team? I, I personally think they go around 10 and 7. I think they're three. Maybe four wins better than last year, kind of sneak in as a wild card team. And, hey, maybe Belichick can, can, you know, run a couple trick plays and and, and steal one and and make a little bit of a run here. But obviously, I don't think they're Super Bowl favorites, but I think certainly better than last year and with a chance to maybe sneak in and, and upset some people in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're certainly better than last year. I've said that before, but I think they're the most improved team of any team this offseason. I think going 10, 11, 12 wins this year, I think it's very much within their wheelhouse, especially across a 17 game season. It's no longer 12 and 4, it's 12 and 5. So I do think that they could get to that level this season if I think there's some big issues. Cam Newton has to stay healthy. You know, he has to stay healthy for a bulk majority of the season. This offense is built for him. This offensive line is a top three offensive line in football. with Trent Brown returning, Isaiah Wynn, David, I mean, David, um, yeah, David Andrews, um, Michael Muenu, like there is our Shaq Mason. This is a big, beefy, talented offensive line that can run the football with Cam Newton and others a lot of the way. And the two tight end sets, I think are going to help them as well. There are not a lot of defenses that draft to stop an offense like Cam Newton and what the Patriots could do. The problem was, and there was, do you guys remember the hype when Cam Newton was signed in New England and how much a lot of people thought that New England was going to make a run and what Bill Belichick could do the, the reason that stopped was the injuries. And the injuries right. to Cam Newton, he got COVID-19. Like that's that's a big reason why. Now all this hype's low. There was still no weapons. Oh my gosh, the Patriots suck. Like I don't know if that's the case. I think they were a better football team than people give them credit for. And now they're much improved and ideally much healthier. If Cam Newton stays healthy, like I said, 10-11 wins. Are they Super Bowl favorites? No. Are they going to be a a team that gets a a postseason bye? Probably not. But I still think that they're going to make that move into the postseason and continue to build off this roster. And then when they are better, and we talked about this before the draft, when they are better and they are drafting – not at 15, but they're drafting in the 20s or the 25s or whatever. They don't have to trade up for a quarterback because they have him. They have Mac Jones. They're going to develop him. They can add to this roster. So I do think they're playing it smart. When they made all this money, when they paid all this money in free agency, we all said they're making a move for a QB. Because This is why. You're going to move Cam Newton here, get this team in a playoff position, and then the following season not have to need a quarterback, draft a bit, you know, draft to fill needs and those types of things, and try and make a run with Mac Jones if he develops, again, in that window, year two, year three.
0: Right. Well, I think that's really the key. And if you look at the schedule, obviously schedule came out today. If you look at the schedule and we knew this going in anyways, but like, you know, there is some sort of rest differential where the Patriots have a disadvantage, whatever. So they they play like three teams coming off a bye, which is the highest. I'm not necessarily too worried about that, but I think it's interesting. You look at the success that bill has had against first and second year quarterbacks. And in your division, you're looking at a first year quarterback for the jets and a second year quarterback for the dolphins and then, you know, of course, Josh Allen with the Bills, who they've struggled with, but they did almost knock off the Bills in Buffalo last year. So there's at least a possibility there. Then they're facing Sam Darnold. They're facing whoever the hell the Texans throw out there at quarterback. Whoever, whoever the Saints throw out there at quarterback. I mean, is it's it Taysom Hill? Like, come on, dude. And you right. So and Trevor Lawrence and Herbert, who they crushed last year. So like, you know, and then you got Matt Ryan on the schedule. You got uh, what's his name? Uh Carson Wentz. I mean, the play, like so they're gonna have success. Mm-hmm. I think this defense is gonna be very good. I think they, they're gonna be put in position to be very good. And Zach Wilson, I mean, listen, I talked about this ad nauseum before the draft. I, I, I have never been so sure of a player being a bust in my entire life than I am Zach Wilson. I just feel like wow. you're talking, you're talking about that, man. I'm um, telling I'm telling listen, I've been saying himself. it. I've been saying it for months. First of all, his don't numbers think it'd be against, his fault if that's the case, but. but his numbers against good teams stink, first of all. In college. Second of all, you're playing Belichick's Patriots, Flores' Dolphins, and McDermott's Bills six times a year. Like, his second game, his first home game of his career is against the Patriots? Come on, dude. That's not even fair. I mean, yeah. like, this, he, and he's playing for the Jets. So, like, he's he's in a position where he's set up to fail, in my opinion. So, I just feel like, you know, you look at the schedule, and, of course, the game that everyone talks about is, is the is the Brady game, right? Brady's coming home week four. And that's going to be a, an absolute bloodbath on both sides. Like, you know, Bills never, I, I mean, that might be like Brady the, might the, throw six the
2: spread it out all day. You and know, that's that. both <laughs> teams.
0: It's like the nine Super Bowls they played in, I guess 10 for Brady, the nine Super Bowls and 10 Super Bowls they played in. And then that game is like higher importance above all of them, right? Because like that's, that's the game they want to win, right? So, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I do think like they have a really good chance, like you said, of winning 11, 12 games just based on the schedule they have and the quarterbacks that they're playing, like, and the defense is significantly improved. Like I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I guess, I I guess, well, all right. So let me, let me ask you about Zach Wilson. Let's talk about Zach Wilson for a second, because you're a little shocked by my comment there. What are you confident in Zach Wilson? uh,
1: I'll say this. I'm confident in Zach Wilson's ability. I mean, number two overall player on PFS draft board. I think in the conversations that I've had, with a lot of people with experience in the league, specifically with quarterback position, talked to JTO Sullivan, who has a fantastic podcast. He was on 2 one drafts recently. Talked to Zach Robinson, who was a former NFL quarterback, also an analyst at PFF, and now he's oh, wide PT. receivers coach. Yeah, PT yeah, yeah. Guy. Former Bengals guy. Now he, he was a PFF guy for a while, sat next to him in the office, and now he's a wide receivers coach with the Rams. Talked to Steve Alzolo, some other guys like Jock uh, um, Carson Palmer's brother. Now, Jordan. Jordan. Jordan, Jordan Palmer, like all these guys, bring up things that I think is very important. And situation matters, man. Like situation is almost everything for quarterback development. It's why Sam Darnold didn't have a ton of success out of the game. It's why some of these other guys didn't have success out of the game. Like I do think that situation is a very big part of a quarterback development. There's there's times where other factors factor in, like Jamarcus Russell and these types of things. But in Zach Wilson, from what I've seen, there isn't a Jamarcus Russell in Zach Wilson. Right. But what there is this potential for is obviously being in a bad situation, playing a ton of tough defenses. Offensive line is vastly improved in New York, but is it, is it fantastic? Not yet. You know, it can get better. Those are a lot of question marks with the Stephen Core as well. Denzel Mims needs to take a step forward. Jameson Crowder is already a little bit older. Like You need to find some ways to obviously add to this football team. But I, what I'm confident in, at least from the moves that they've made so far, adding Corey Davis, adding Carl Lawson. I love the Sheldon Rankin signing. I think they've made a lot of good decisions um, in free agency. I think the culture shift with Robert Salah. What Joe Douglas is doing in terms of adding talent, I'm confident in the change of direction in New York so much that they're actually going to throw the kitchen sink at developing this quarterback and putting an offense together where you can have success. And let's think about this a little bit. 2018 NFL Draft: Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, those guys. The only one that busted and didn't play well was probably in the worst situation of all of them. You know, Sam Darnold, and he was probably arguably the most talented. A lot of people thought he was the most talented, but Lamar Jackson. Literally, they changed their entire offense, right. their entire culture to meet Lamar Jackson. You know, Bill B- uh, Brian Dable in Buffalo changes this entire offense, and then the, you know, Executive of the Year Brandon Bean invests the kitchen sink in the offensive line, adds Stephon Diggs, adds John Brown, continues to you know, adds Cole Beasley. Like the quarterbacks that have success have really good management. Really have coaches putting everything they can into developing them. You know, that's what matters most. I do think that. Too much is made of he's just a really good quarterback. No, like in good situations, he can succeed. Look at Baker Mayfield. Awful his second season with Brady Kitchens and the dumpster fire that was. Now bringing in Stefanski, adding on to that offense, he looks like a capable quarterback, one you can potentially even win with. That's where teams are going. Teams are realizing now it's no longer, you know, I need to find this elite quarterback that is good by himself. No, you need to get a quarterback that can be elite when you put him in a position to be that elite guy. Mold your system to his strengths and so forth.
0: It's a great point. It's a great point. So, I, I mean, it is. I, you're totally right. And someone said it right here about uh, about, you know, that's what good coaches do is put.
1: That's put what Bill Belichick has play. done his entire career. Like, See, what's, that, what's that stat line with backup quarterbacks? Like, he is like, I mean, he wins a ton of games with those guys because he gets it. He gets that. It doesn't matter what he can't do. It matters what he can. And I'm going to find a way to make it happen. The problem was Jared Stidham can't do a lot. You know, like that—that—that's the problem. Like, you're not going to win a lot of games right. with him. It's hard to put him in a position to succeed.
0: Yeah. No, and you know what? I'm happy that the Patriots finally did what you and you. I love the fact you're so consistent with it, and you're so. I think it's right. Like, but you're just always banging the drum about like the worst thing. My favorite, one of my favorite quotes from you is like the worst thing in the NFL is a good quarterback. Like, if you it's have true. a good quarterback, you're in no man's land because you're just like you're not bad enough to suck. So get like a top 10 pick, but you're not good enough to like actually make some noise in the playoffs. And, so and just that's like what we talked stop.
2: about last time, which, which why we didn't, you know, when right. Jimmy G rumors, and obviously yeah. those led up all the way to the draft weekend, but um, hopefully and I think I would add the to the that top. comment
1: too. I would add to that comment too. It's like the worst thing in the NFL is to have a quarterback that you, a good quarterback that you've paid. Like it's okay right. to have a good quarterback that you're still developing on a rookie contract because it's not right. costing you a lot of money and it's allowing you to do a lot of things. However, that investment at that rookie quarterback position should be significant. Having you know a Drew Lock or you know a Jalen Hurts and thinking that you're in a good spot to develop this quarterback that all other teams have passed on—that's going to be difficult. Like he has to show something earlier, in my opinion. So when you are in this position to improve on that quarterback, you do have to find ways to do that.
0: It's a great point. So let me ask you this question, just a follow-up to that: Lamar Jackson, if you were the GM of the—you're not obviously—but if you were the GM of the Ravens. Would you extend Lamar Jackson, or would you try to trade Lamar Jackson?
1: I go with the Dak Prescott route, and a lot of people give the Dallas Cowboys a lot of shit because, or I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, Uh, a lot of bad things on. They do. the Dallas Cowboys like, oh my god, Jerry Jerry Jones completely botched that situation. He overpaid for Dak. He could have had him for so much cheaper. The, The pros outweigh the cons in terms of waiting. You know, if you wait on Dak, and if you wait on Lamar, and you really make sure that he is this guy, you really make sure that he can be this guy that you can win with. Yeah, you might pay a little bit more, but you avoid a Jared Goff situation, you avoid right. a Jimmy Garoppolo situation, a Carson what? Wentz, a Derek Carr, a Kirk Cousins. You avoid these situations where you're paying these good to average quarterbacks. If you wait and wait, and then you're like, okay, Dak Prescott is the guy. That you know, before he got his ankle completely flayed, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think he can be that when he's fully healthy. Let's wait on Lamar Jackson. Let's see if he can be this elite guy again. Let's see if he can do it again and win against top-flight competition. Has he proven enough to get paid? Yes but are you ready to commit to him long-term? Especially, and I'm not saying it's because of injuries, but I'm saying the Russian quarterback, we've seen it that the longevity, you know, your game style has to change at a certain point because you can't be this guy that is taking hits as often as he is and those types of things. Like Michael Vick was an outlier and these guys. Lamar Jackson, I think, is an outlier in himself, but I do think you wait on extending Lamar Jackson until you are 100% confident in the, him being the guy moving forward. So I do think that they take the Dallas Cowboys right. Franchise tag him once. Maybe franchise tag him twice. And then if you're in a position where you can't do anything, you have to extend him, make that decision then. When you have more years of data, when you have more years of evaluation.
0: It's a great point. It's a great point. I mean, and, and at the very least, what these guys are doing is at least taking him the fifth year, right? Like the, yeah. the Eagles didn't even do that, right? The the Rams didn't even do that. It's like at least you they're trying to be the early. They're yeah. you know, like, Oh
1: man, we can get them a little bit cheaper. Right. Take him a little bit cheaper and we'll get That's ahead cool. of the game. It's like, oh well, then you end up, you know, screwing yourself completely.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So, uh, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Although we have, I have v- one very important question before you leave. Uh, bro wants to know, was, was that bike used in the Tour de France?
1: It was, <laughs> it was used in the Tour de France. No, that <laughs> bike's actually freaking awesome. I I use that bike. I, I've been biking in Cincinnati for four years, man. I that that bike's been through a lot.
0: Awesome. Hey man, listen, you're doing, not only is it good for the environment, it's good for the, uh, it's good for the, I'm sure it's good for like the, the physique. You know what I mean? Exactly. Biking, exactly. Making it work. My goodness. You know? Living the same so, over here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Listen, we're so happy to have you on. Two for one drafts. If you, if you people out there aren't listening to two for one drafts, I don't know what the hell you're doing, first of all. Obviously, draft season, you know, playoff, you know, uh, prospect time, off season, whatever. Like, yes, obviously. But, like, even not during the off season, like, you guys are doing stuff all year. So uh, the guys, the boys over at PFF do a great job. And that's my favorite show. I know you guys have a ton of shows over there. But you and Mike do a great job, even though Mike won't respond to my DMs. He you guys you, you guys do a great job over there. Uh Mike's a
1: bit of a prima donna. Well, you know, <laughs> listen,
0: I don't I mean the guy was on the bachelor, I don't blame him. You know what I mean? It's hard to say, yeah. Yeah. So, two more
1: drafts too, man. We got some cool stuff planned for the summer. We got a lot of cool coach interviews and Mike get some twenty twenty two prospect interviews a little bit ahead of time. It should be fun. We're gonna get um this twenty twenty two class, man. I'm excited for it. We had that twenty twenty two mock draft come out. Some the quarterback class is interesting. The best thing about this class, by the way, just to tease this twenty twenty two class. The cornerbacks. This cornerback yeah. class is going to be freaking special. to Derek one, Stingley, junior. One, Jr.
2: Quick, one quick question on the twenty twenty two class, uh, Spencer Rattler. Because anybody who's seen QB one,
1: yeah, a little He's bit. QB one. This class is not like. I mean, this class. is early to say. You, have you seen the, the Netflix
2: on him? Obviously, the on, I haven't on seen the Netflix You Netflix haven't. Netflix okay, so out. his no. senior year. That's must watch for you because then I want to get your opinion on it, and I'll DM yeah, you yeah. after. Uh, All right. it's a senior year like doesn't carry himself, and like you know, everybody says like, you know, when I was a senior in high school, probably wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, you're a much different person now. But if yeah. you watch that, there's a lot of head scratchers in it. The way he carries himself. Uh, obviously, he was number one, you know, quarterback coming out, and and had a lot of hype around him. So you know, I understand it. he's a kid, uh, but I was curious if you had seen that and seen kind of his antics on it if that would affect teams kind of scared away from him, as talented as he is. So that's it. That's your to do list yeah. for the next time we talk to you.
0: You wonder too, the interesting yeah. editing, you know what I mean? Like when, mm-hmm. when the editors are able to edit things out, you know what yeah, I mean? He knows where the
2: cameras are, man. Trust me. You, you, oh, if I you've mean. seen it, anybody who's seen it out there will, will catch my drift. It's, it's good. Oh, it's it's right. really good. I mean, he's oh, talented God. as hell. QB1, and, you said,
0: right. That's
1: yes. Called?
2: On Netflix. Good, good, uh, good show
1: i have to take a look. I think the 2022 quarterback class is interesting. I think there's definitely some guys that could come up the board a bit. I know Sam Howell out of UNC is people that like, you know, people like him. Kieden Carson Slovis, Strong. Carson Strong. I mean, Malik Willis over Carson Strong, though, know, every single day of the week. But that Malik Willis kid out of Liberty is an absolute monster. Auburn transfer. They chose Bo Nix over this kid this guy has an absolute cannon it is awesome. probably the most fun to watch player in college football he is going to be awesome for liberty and then like i said the cornerback class is really good too derrick sinley jr of lsu ahmad garner of university of cincinnati Kyrie elam of florida all three of those guys are going to be legit picks and then alabama has another couple defensive backs coming out some offensive linemen as well so we're going to be a really good class
0: it's good news for the patriots they're going to need a d-back so uh, listen, Austin, before you go, just, you know, plug the, I mean, we plug the show a little bit, but plug the show where they can hear you and read you and interact with you and whatnot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Follow me on Twitter, PFF underscore Austin Gale. Check out PFF.com, all the good content there, wherever you get your podcast, two for one draft, covering the draft and all these things.
0: Yeah, it's great. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and we will talk to you guys soon.